we have a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, and that is to see the divorce rate reduced by a third in our lifetime. Awesome. For every single percentage point that we drop the divorce rate, the lives of more than a million children are positively impacted. So that's for one single percentage point. So I don't know how anyone can't be you know, passionate about helping couples build strong marriages. This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 188. This is the L3 Leadership Podcast. And now here is your host, Doug Smith. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I'm your host. In this episode, you're going to get to hear my interview with relationship expert, Dr. Les Parrott, and it was such an honor to be able to interview him. His work has made a huge impact on my wife and I as we prepared for marriage, and now that we've been married for almost six years, his work continues to help us grow in our relationship. We're just so grateful for everything that he and his wife do for others. If you're unfamiliar with Dr. Parrott, let me just tell you a few things about him. Dr. Parrott is a number one New York Times bestselling author and has written over 50 books, which is just crazy. He's been on a variety of television shows that you may have heard of, uh, such as The Oprah Winfrey Show, 2020, The View, Good Morning America, and many others. He and his wife, Leslie, are co-creators of the marriage matching function of eHarmony, and he and his wife were also appointed the first ever marriage ambassadors for the state of Oklahoma in an effort to reduce the divorce rate across the state, which is just incredible. He is a wealth of knowledge, and again, it was an honor to interview him. In the interview, you'll hear us talk a lot about relationships. You'll hear him share his advice and tools that he's developed to help married couples grow, his advice and tools that he's developed for singles. Uh, We also talk a lot about entrepreneurship, which is an interesting to hear him talk from his perspective on that. We talk a lot about writing. You know, he's written 50 books, so he he knows a thing or two about that. And uh, so much wisdom is is in this interview. And of course, as always, like every other leader, we take him through the lightning round. So uh, before we dive in, I do want to let you know that if you live in or around the Pittsburgh area, Les and Leslie will be coming to Victory Family Church on Friday, April 27th to put on an event called Fight Night which will be a fun date night for couples of any age or at any stage. And it'll be a night filled with humor, fresh insight, and practical new tools for turning conflict into deeper intimacy. I'll include a link to sh- in the show notes to attend this event. I can't encourage you enough to go. It'll be a great night out. It'll be a great investment in, the, in your relationship and your marriage. So uh, please go to the show notes and register for this event. I know my wife and I will be attending and we hope to see you there. So with that being said, let's dive right into the interview and I'll be back at the end with a few announcements. Well, hey, thank you so much, Dr. Parrott, for being willing to do this interview. And why don't we just start off with you just telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, happy to do it. Uh, well, I'm a psychologist and um, my specialty is relationships and particularly marriage. Uh, years ago, my wife, Leslie, she's a marriage and family therapist. We've been married for 33 years. And uh, Leslie and I uh, we're teaching at a university here in Seattle, which has been our home for a long time. We just had come out of graduate school and uh, in Los Angeles, moved up here, started teaching. I was uh, working as a medical psychologist at the University of Washington in the School of Medicine and teaching at this other school across town. And some students asked us to speak on how to fall in love without losing your mind. And uh, That intrigued us and really became a pivot point because it was such an incredible response we got from that. We ended up uh, doing an event we called Simba, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts, and that grew into a book, and that grew into interviews with 
Oprah and Barbara Walters and Tom Brokaw and all the rest and just kind of opened up this incredible field of opportunity to speak around North America and beyond and, and to do more writing. And so we've written several relationship books, maybe as many as 50. And uh, so, and then I guess one of the piece of the, the narrative is that uh, we were at the kitchen table with Neil Warren and his wife, Marilyn, when he said, hey, I wonder what would happen if we started to match people online. And that was 20 years ago, and that became a company everybody knows as eHarmony. So we were with that company for the first 10 years. So that's a little glimpse into who we are. We have two boys, both teenagers, and uh, yeah, that's who we are. That's great. And I'm just curious, as a leader, and, and now you're known all over the world, but what do you wish people about, knew about you and your wife's journey that they may not know about what it took to get to where you are? Uh, <laughs> well, um, a lot of delayed gratification. Um, you know, you don't uh, get a PhD and uh, just because it's easy, it means, uh, you know, kind of putting life on hold and, and making some sacrifices to get there as well as writing books. It's, it's always better to have written than to be writing. I love writing. It's in me. It's in part of my DNA, but it's, it's always a challenge. It's always fun and optimistic on the front end. And then you get into it and it's late night hours and it's slogging through it. And it's, it's tough. It's just putting, uh, like I said, a lot of delayed gratification. I told Leslie once years ago, I said, I, I feel like I really got a PhD in, in delayed gratification because that's what uh, the hard work does. But it's always fruitful. It's always rewarding. We love what we do. And um, it's just so fulfilling. I tell uh, everybody, it's like waking up on Christmas morning for me to read my email because there's so many folks that are kind enough to, to say, hey, this book changed my life or this seminar or this assessment that you developed. And that's fun. That's fulfilling. Yeah. Can you talk about, you talked about writing. Can you, what advice do you have for young aspiring authors? You've written over 50 books, you said. So I'm just curious. I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but what's your best advice for those? Well, uh, publishing these days is different than it was when I started, you know, 25 years ago. Um, that was kind of the golden age of publishing back then. And uh, it was easier to get published as, as just a first time author. These days, there's so many outlets for people to publish themselves, and so it's a more crowded market. And so the big-time publishers, mm -hmm. my publisher, HarperCollins, uh, doesn't take on too many new publishers. So you kind of have to prove yourself, build a platform out there in order to do that. And so I guess if, if uh, someone is really passionate about writing, my word of advice is build your platform if you want to get a traditional publisher to look at you. Yeah, do you have any advice or thoughts on on how to build your platform these days? Again, you've you've kind of built yours over a few decades. I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a challenging thing. I mean, we have these uh, you know internet stars that that do one piece. I have a friend Jefferson Bethke who does spoken word stuff, and he did one incredible piece and just blew up uh, and has an incredible following to this day. Those are really unusual. Um, most people that build a following do it because they have an incredible blog or they're doing exactly what you're doing and they're building an audience this way. And uh, so, um, or, you know, the old fashioned way, getting on the road and, and, and you, you have your candy stick, you do your, your speaking and you draw a, an actual, build a list from an actual audience that's in front of you. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about relationships since that's what you're known for. In fact, I thought it was interesting in your bio that the governor uh, actually made you statewide ambassadors for marriage. I think that's just incredible. And I'm just curious, why are you so passionate about marriages in general? 
Yeah, that was the governor of Oklahoma, Frank Keating, years ago. We live in Seattle, but uh, the governor heard us speak someplace, and I think we were in Washington, D.C. at an event, and and that's how that happened. He, he said that his state had the highest divorce rate, uh, and he wanted to do something about it, not because um, it was really all about marriage. It was really about economics. You know, when a state has a low divorce rate, the economics of that state, education, all kinds of things, birth out of wedlock, a lot of things converge uh, in that situation. And so to build a stronger state, they wanted to build stronger marriages. And so we became their, their marriage ambassadors. Um, you asked the question, why are we passionate about it? We have a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And that is to see the divorce rate reduced by a third in our lifetime. Awesome. For every single percentage point that we drop the divorce rate, the lives of more than a million children are positively impacted. So that's for one single percentage point. So I don't know how anyone can't be you know, passionate about helping couples build strong marriages. And here's the other thing. As a professional community, we know more than we've ever known before about lifelong love. How do you achieve it? So it's not a guessing game. It's not, we don't have to wonder what do we do to do that. We have the tools to make that happen. It's a matter of helping couples access them, put the cookies on the bottom shelf and actually put them into practice. Yeah. Can you talk about tackling this issue on the front end, right? While people are dating, while they're preparing for marriage, what is your best advice for, for people looking for that, that significant other that they want, they want to marry to set themselves up so to be successful over the long term in marriage? Uh, so for a single adult or somebody that's already in a relationship? Either, right? So they're single, they're pursuing marriage. What's yeah. your best advice for that? On the Well, line? for the single adult uh, that's looking for lifelong love, a couple things come to mind immediately. And uh, the first is to work on yourself. Your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. Um, that's maybe the most profound sentence that I will utter in this interview. Your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. Therefore, one of the most important things you'll ever do in your life is work on who you are in the context of your relationships. And when you become a healthier person, you draw healthier people to you. And so that's, that's number one. Uh, don't, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, making your shopping list and thinking, how do I find this person? But first, make sure you look in the mirror and be the best person that you can be. Um, but speaking of a shopping list, that's not a bad thing to do either because uh, if you know what you're looking for, you know, I, I believe everybody that's a single adult looking for lifelong love should have a list of deal makers and deal breakers. Uh, these are things that uh, you've got to have in a person that you would spend the rest of your life with and things that you know you can't stand in that person. And so knowing that, you should be able to determine whether someone is worth pursuing in two dates or less. You really should because you know that. Um, and then the third thing is uh, focus on the skills. Uh, relationships are built on skills, especially when it comes to communication, number one, and number two, conflict management. If you can hone your skills on being uh, an effective listener and communicator and also managing conflict well, you will be miles ahead of the average Joe uh, out there when it comes to relationships. That's so good. And on the other end, for, for people who are listening to this that are already married, I yeah. love that you guys have a goal of equipping 1 million marriage mentors that will go out and mentor less experienced couples. Yeah. And some people listening that are married may have said, I've, marriage mentors, I've, I've never thought of getting a marriage for my mentor or a mentor for my marriage. Can you talk about why you guys have that goal and why people need mentors in their marriage and 
the advice you have for getting one? Sure. Like I mentioned, we wrote this book, Saving Your Marriage, before it starts, and it's it's uh, been used by more than a million couples, and most of those are on the front end of marriage. And uh, we always wondered, hey, does it stick? Does it make any difference? You know, not just five months from now, but five years from now, 15 years from now. And that's when we came up with this concept of marriage mentoring, where you take a seasoned, experienced couple, link them with a less experienced couple. And uh, as we did that, just in our own little community of Seattle um, on the college campus where we were teaching, uh, it began to, to grow and churches were hearing about this and going, we want to have a marriage mentoring team too. And so we eventually built a, a curriculum for that. Um, it was originally on VHS tapes back in the day. Now it's online at uh, marriagementoring.com. And so a couple can go through that training online and it's really just people helping skills, but learning how to do that as a couple. And uh, the research is very clear on this. When you come alongside a less experienced couple, let them learn from your mistakes as well as your successes, the tide rises for both of you. Um, There's a boomerang effect to marriage mentoring. It does sometimes more for you than it does for the couple you're ministering to, but obviously it helps that couple as well. And that's very different than having mom and dad walk alongside you. This is a more objective couple, and they have a different perspective on the relationship than others that know you well um, that are related to you. So anyway, we've trained about a quarter million uh, so far. And yeah, that's our dream to see a million marriage mentors. That's amazing. And I know also for marriage or couples that are married, you've also recently developed a resource called Deep Love. And can you talk about that and how it'll help couples and how people can get a hold of that? Yeah, I can talk about deep love all day because I am crazy passionate about this. One of the things we know from our research is that when a couple can take an assessment where they can more accurately understand how they're hardwired as individuals, their two personalities, um, it it is a game changer, a complete game changer. And uh, it's, you know, there's an adage in psychology that says awareness is curative. Once you become aware of something, then you can do something about it. And so um, I, I think that um, this is probably the most effective way of doing that. That's why we designed it. We couldn't find anything else there out there in the marketplace like it. Deep Love, then go to deeplove.com. You take about 15 minutes to answer a series of questions. You both do that individually. And in less than 14 seconds after you've both done this, because we've timed this with our analytics, less than 14 seconds, you will receive a 10-page personalized report on your relationship. And some people listening to us right now are going, oh, that's the last thing I'd want is to be graded on my relationship. It doesn't grade you. You don't pass it or fail it. It's just an exercise in self-awareness. And so it's upbeat. It's positive. There's no blame. There's no shame. There's no guilt. It's just fun. And in fact, the way we've designed it is so you can unpack it in your date night. And if you really want to do it well, you do it over four date nights. We have a, uh, a booklet that you download with it called the Deep Love Action Plan. But uh, that's really what it's about, the Deep Love Assessment. Go to deeplove.com. Um, and by the way, it's not expensive. It's $35 for the couple, not per person. Uh, and it gives you just a mountain of positive momentum to help you in your relationship. 
Thank you so much. I look forward to going through that with my wife. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious on the entrepreneurship side. So you just talked about how you, you and your wife had this little idea of, Hey, let's get marriage mentors to, to uh, mentor other couples. And now that's scaled and you guys have over 250,000 marriage mentors. Um, how can you talk about this, what you've learned about entrepreneurship and taking an idea that you have and actually building it to scale where now it's impacting literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. <laughs> well, I don't get asked that question very much, but uh, I appreciate it. The uh, it's, it's, it's tough, right? It's, it's, it's hard work. And probably the most important lesson I have learned in my entrepreneurial efforts is to surround myself with people that are smarter than me. And I know, I know you've heard that before, but it is so true. Um, I know what my gifts are. Um, I'm a content producer and communicator of that content. That's what I do well. And um, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy that can get into a room and talk to a bunch of developers, a bunch of engineers uh, to build software. Uh, but I have a guy that works with me that is a genius at that. And so I, I need that kind of person in my life. So it's, it's understanding... Uh, what I need around me in order to succeed in those dreams because it's one thing to have the vision and even have the resources to make that vision real. But if you don't have the brain power to do that in a smart way, you're really failing right from the outset. So that's probably the most important lesson I've learned in the whole entrepreneurial field. And then I'm, I'm always curious. I am, uh, um, you know, always asking people. I, I once spoke for the entrepreneurial organization here in Seattle, Young Entrepreneurs. And, uh, and in fact, it was at the Space Needle and there's about 150 of them. And we had this dinner and that was, man, that was over 10 years ago. And I have really cultivated a lot of relationships from that speaking engagement because I was personally just so fascinated uh, really, you, you, you make a living making soap out of your house? How does that work? You know, I'm, I want to know all about that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, or you made a living uh, by uh, making credit card processing easier. How does that work? You know? And so when I, when I encounter an entrepreneur, I have a million questions for them and I learn a lot from them too. So um, those two things um, definitely have served me well. Yeah, you talked about developers, so developing websites and, and things for content. I'm just curious, what are other key business relationships that you've had to have um, yourself surrounded by to be successful? Well, marketing, online marketing is, a, is such a sophisticated thing these days, and there's a certain level of magic. It's an art as well as a science, and I don't even begin to understand it uh, at the level that uh, these professionals do, but I know that's, that's another area for sure. Uh, graphic design, I have a pretty good eye for that kind of thing, but I don't have the tools to make that happen nor the bandwidth to make that happen. I have to have someone like that in, in, you know, uh, on the team. And then sales, uh, people that, uh, you know, we have a, another uh, enterprise. It's called Symbis, S-Y-M-B-I-S. That stands for Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. In our Symbis assessment, we have tens of thousands of facilitators uh, really around the world now that use this assessment where they get trained. It's a three-hour certification course uh, to use this assessment with the couples that they are ministering to or counseling. And in fact, uh, we just had terrific news this last summer, and that is the U.S. military, every chaplain 
that's a part of their required training now is to get Simba certified. And so it takes a team to build those kinds of, of tools. And it, it may have been my vision and, and my idea, but man, it, I stand on the shoulders of, of all these other folks that know how to do things that I don't. Yeah. And just thank you personally. And on behalf of everyone listening to this, I know you've impacted my marriage greatly. And uh, just thank you for all the work you're doing for families all over the U.S. Uh, it really does make a difference. No, that's very kind of you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, with with a few minutes we have left, I want to dive into what I call the lightning round, just a bunch of fun questions for leaders. And so I'll just start off by asking, what is one belief or behavior that's changed your life? Uh, empathy, the, the behavior of empathy. I think it's the single most important uh, skill set we have as human beings to see the world from somebody else's perspective. Imagine what life must be like to be lived in their skin. If uh, that's all you do, you will reduce your level of tension by about 90%. That's not armchair psychology. We know that from research. And if you want to build a stronger marriage, a stronger friendship, a stronger relationship with your colleagues at work, uh, hone the skill of empathy. I wish we could bottle it. I wish we could package it and say, here, take this box of empathy. It'll change everything for you. If you could put a, a quote on a billboard for everyone to read, what would it say? Love. <laughs> One word, love. That's what it all comes down to. If, what was the best purchase you've made in the last year for $100 or less? Ooh, $100 or less. Well, I was going to say my phone, but that's more than $100. $100 or less. Um, the, the things in technology I, I seem to appreciate the most are my phone, uh, TiVo, uh, my laptop, uh, Oh, maybe a hundred dollars or less. These headphones that I'm holding up are those are those a hundred dollars or less? I think those are one hundred and fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Man, maybe I don't buy anything less than a hundred dollars. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, other than your own books, I'm just curious. What are the top three, maybe two books that you find yourself giving away most often? Oh. That changes based on the season. Um, these days, I've, I've been giving away a lot of uh, Dave Ramsey's books, uh, encountering couples that uh, are struggling with debt. Um, uh, Bob Goff's book on Love Does, it seems like I've been giving that book away a lot. Um, uh, a book that uh, has probably um, been one of my favorite books to, to read uh, um, over the years has been... Uh, Martin Seligman's book, Learned Happiness. Uh, do I have that right? No, not Learned Happiness. Uh, uh, man, it's, it's so ingrained in me, but it's a, it's a book that uh, a researcher at the University of, of Pennsylvania did, Penn State, I think, uh, who did this incredible study on delayed gratification as well as learned helplessness and, oh, learned optimism. That's the title. I knew it would come to me. Learned, learned, helplessness, learned helplessness was the kind of the research study, but uh, that's been a game changer for me in my own life, as well as emotional intelligence. Uh, I think that that book is incredible as well. I don't know. If you listen to podcasts often, what are your top two podcasts that you listen to? You know, I don't listen to podcasts very often. It's kind of like uh, people send me. I don't have like one that's part of my routine or, or groove that I'm in. So I'm, 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 I don't have a great answer for that. When you get to spend time with a great leader, and I know you get to spend time with a lot, do you have one or two questions that are your go-to that you ask every leader that you're curious about? Oh, yeah, that's an easy one to answer. I always ask them, what's your biggest challenge? Because I always like to know what, what are they facing and what are they doing about that? And then I always ask, what are you reading? 
And uh, then the third question I always ask is, what's most energizing to you these days? Uh, you can learn a lot with those three questions from any great leader. And uh, um, it's, it's always a, a fun discussion. All, all those, by the way, they will never have a quick answer to any of those. So set aside a good uh, half hour for each one of them. Oh, I was just going to ask you one. So uh, <laughs> I guess we don't have time to go into your, cha- your deepest challenge right now. Um, what's the, as a leader, what's your worth, most worth, worthwhile investment of time and money right now? I will go back to your question because I can't answer it in a brief form. And my greatest challenge is scale. How do you scale? I I know that we have a tool that is working. Take, for example, the deep love assessment that we talked about. And we spend an awful lot of time and energy and money on, on promoting that thing. But how do you scale that in a way that can really change the culture? Because I really believe that it can. That's the biggest challenge. So to answer that question, sorry. Now, your next one. No, that's great. Just what's the greatest uh, investment? What's the greatest, most worthwhile investment of your time and money right now? As a leader? Oh, without a doubt, it's in my family. So I have a, um, a boy who's a freshman in college in Chicago and another boy who's 15 and a freshman in high school. And um, Leslie and I know that, uh, man, these, these are the years where, I, you know, it seems impossible. How could we be edging three more years close to a, an empty nest when they'll, they'll both be off to school uh, in college? And uh, so we, we soak up every minute. Um, I, have a, I have a billiards table in my, in my study, and uh, that thing is getting worn out these days with my 15-year-old because we play that almost every night, and uh, it's just fun. We play music. We joke, and I love those moments. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the routine. It's the, it's the going out to dinner on Friday night when we're not traveling or speaking uh, and uh, having fun with family. Uh, for time's sake, I'll just leave this. Well, I'll ask one more. If you could go back to and have coffee with your 20-year-old self, what would you tell him? <laughs> Without a doubt, relax. Take it easy, brother. Uh, it's, gonna, it's all going to turn out. You don't have to drive so hard. You don't have to be driven by so much anxiety. Uh, you, you're going to be just fine. I think that I, I, I pressured myself so much in my early years of graduate school and trying to control life. And life is uncontrollable. You do what you can, but uh, it eventually unfolds before you. And the key is to uh, treasure the time, you know, be fully present and uh, do your best in, in that very moment. And that, that's the advice I would give. That's so good. I've actually, I've interviewed uh, a couple of leaders with a platform similar to yours, and they've all said pretty much the same thing, which is comforting. So just relax. Yeah. And I'll be okay. So, <laughs> and I suppose that's easy to say, you know, a couple decades <laughs> later, yeah. uh, after you've kind of achieved some of the things you set out to do. But uh, boy, I do feel like I, I could have been easier on myself. Yeah. Anything else you want to leave leaders with today as we close? Um, awareness is curative. Once you become aware of uh, things about yourself, then you can change them. You can do something about it. And uh, so um, that's, that's the, the path that I'm, I'm trying to travel down myself is just become more aware every day of who I am so I can be the best person possible. Oh, thank you so much for your time today, Les. I appreciate it. My privilege. Thanks for having me on. 
Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with Dr. Les Parrott. You can find ways to connect with him and links to everything we discussed in the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 188. I want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They're a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. My wife, Laura, and I got our engagement and wedding rings through Henny Jewelers, and we just think they're an incredible organization. Not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people. In fact, they give every engaged couple a book to help them prepare for their marriage, and uh, we just think that's incredible. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out hennyjewelers.com. I also want to thank our sponsor, Alex Tulandon. Alex is a full-time realtor with Keller Williams Realty. And if you're looking to buy or sell a house in the Pittsburgh market, Alex is your guy. As a member and a supporter of L3 Leadership, he would love to have an opportunity to connect with you. And you can find out more about him and connect at pittsburghpropertyshowcase.com. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a rating and review and share this on social media. It really does help us grow our audience. So thank you for that. And thanks again for being a listener. I never take one of you for granted. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to stay up to date with everything we're doing here at L3 Leadership, just simply go to our website at l3leadership.org and sign up for our email list and you can check out everything that we're doing. And as always, I like to end with a quote. And I will quote Earl Nightingale today. He said this. He said, never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. Thanks for listening and being a part of L3 Leadership. Laura and I appreciate you so much. And we will talk to you next episode.